What is one thing in sports, any sport that you guys find is extremely undervalued? Um, I can go first, just for an example. I think uh, drawn penalties don't get enough recognition and credit. I think like guy, like obviously, you know, this comes from comes from a Penguins fan, but a guy like Sid draws so many penalties, and I think that's one of like the best parts of his game is he puts the Penguins on so many power plays. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Drawn penalties. What about you, Brady? Um, I'll, I'll keep it simple. I'll say just uh, staying healthy. I think we overlook player like NHL players who can play 82 games, football players that can play um, all 16 weeks, etc. All the sports, um, you know, because there's there's a lot of superstars out there, but maybe they're missing half the season. So it's like, how much is it worth it? Such as like a Kawhi Leonard who has to do load management every other game uh, last couple or years. Derwin James, or Derwin James. So. It can be the best player in the world, but, um, you know, and it, obviously it's not their fault if um, they get a bad concussion or something, but some people are just injury prone and it sucks. So I think uh, the ability to stay very healthy, take care of your body and, you know, be able to contribute to your team week in, week out is uh, pretty valuable. I, I couldn't agree more, actually. That's um, that's, that's just a great point. I think Derwin James is my favorite example of that. But uh, Aiden, what about you? What, what are you? what are you saying? So mine's going to be a little bit different uh, from yours too because you guys were more like uh, focused on the actual like players and the actual uh, the games themselves. But I'm actually going to say like if COVID has shown us one thing, I think the fans like when you're watching a game on TV and you're watching like a basketball game or a hockey game like you you think of the fans like as a constant like they're always going to be there it's not that weird they're just fans but during covid like watching these games and not seeing any fans in the stadium like it is weird it's super eerie so bro I think, that's like, a heater of an answer <laughs> thank you yeah no i just think i think it's something you don't it's one of those things that you don't notice or appreciate until it's gone i know the players do but like just as a fan watching a game it's super weird not to see that. Well, that's what our our, our last guest on our podcast, Nick uh, McManus, go check that one out if you have an episode fifty six. Um, but that was uh, that's something that he mentioned today that like hearing the artificial crowd noise in the Flyer Stadium today because it's NHL Day One is uh, it, it's it's weird. Like I I just don't like it. It's weird seeing all the stands covered like with the you know the coverings that they're using instead of you know with fans getting absolutely belligerently drunk. Um, but that was a good one, Aiden. That was actually a tough one to tough one for Ryan to follow. But Ryan, what are you uh, what are you thinking? I'm gonna say uh, probably drawing penalties, but in football, I think that that's massively overlooked. Like someone like T.J. Watt draws like so many holding penalties, and that's ten yards each time, right? So like that that actually impacts the game in a meaningful way. So that's probably mine. It might be a cop out because Keith said it, but it was a different sport, so it's a different idea mentality. Yeah, um, I was definitely thinking all sports, but it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's good that you put it into perspective. Like even in basketball, like being able to get to the line is so important. Like James Harden does it better than anyone. As much as I hate James Harden, we'll get to him later. But he, uh, he draws a lot of fouls, so good on him. But oh, never mind. Uh, all right, so welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we got all four of the boys here today, um, and I think we got, uh, we got some. Uh, Got some good topics here today. We're going to start going back to uh, college football here. National Championship just got played on Monday. Alabama, Ohio State, everyone was looking forward to this game, and unfortunately it turned out to just be an absolute wash after, uh, uh, what, like the second quarter maybe? Turned into turned into just a... Yeah. Yeah. Blocker. The second half of the second quarter, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was expected. This, like, I mean, I saw this coming in. Like, I knew Alabama was going to steamroll them. Like, I, so, so did I, but I just like Alabama I just didn't just want to believe it. Of, of LSU last year, like nobody touched LSU last year. It just it, it was barely ever close, and that's what it you reminded just, me. Like, of. but you never want to see Alabama win. Alabama is a team that you just like. 
no matter how good they are, you never want to believe that they're going to win because that, that just sucks. I mean, you can hate it, but you got to respect it, right? Like Saban has like six, seven natties now. One was with LSU and then the rest were with Alabama. Oh, so I like, saw it. Like, you can hate it, but you, you got to respect it. No, of point. course. Like I, it's, the recruiting in Alabama is absurd. Every year, it's a it's like a O-line factory. It just keeps pumping out O-linemen and receivers. And, and the quarterback situation is a little bit more dodgy because other than Tua, the rest kind of just flamed out. But for the most part, um, but like the receivers, O linemen, D linemen coming out of Alabama is ridiculous every year. Running backs too. Yeah, I forgot running backs. Najee Harris, I think, is better than most people would place him in the draft. And obviously, uh, Derrick Henry, right? Well, Najee Harris played like an animal. Like we've been seeing him play good like all throughout the collegiate season, but like in the national championship against Ohio's defense, he played so well. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, I mean, he's like a he's a he's a beast. I mean, I like him a lot. Keith said, I think I remember you saying he was projected in the uh, what, second round, high second, somewhere in there. Yeah, I've seen. There's so many mock drafts. I think CBS Sports is the one I keep seeing is the worst mock draft ever. They had Justin Fields going 12, um, and like it, like to San Francisco, and I was like, this is just ridiculous. But I've seen him go anywhere from top 15 to to like early second round and same thing with etns anywhere in there um but yeah, I mean, my the same, prediction same situation with edwards so, Alaire, right? exactly ryan i was gonna say it's a, like i think some team that makes a deep run in the playoffs like maybe green bay um if they don't feel like aj Dillon and they gotta let aaron jones walk maybe they go ahead and get Najee harris or a team like um i don't know who i don't even know who's in the playoffs anymore i just stopped watching I'm kidding that's a joke um like the bills the bills could use a running back um Singletary is pretty good. Uh, uh, Freeman. Yeah, it's it, it, the, I'll I'll say it again. The Bills could use a running back, like especially a guy like Najee Harris <laughs> or Travis Etienne. Um, but in terms of in terms of the quarterbacks, I don't think anybody's raised their stock as much in in this season. Nobody's ever raised their stock as much as Joe Burrow has. But Matt Jones, the guy went from <laughs> like just an absolute dad bod quarterback to like you know he was underneath what Tua and the quarterback before him probably too and now the guy throws five touchdowns and 464 yards in the national championship I I I just I I didn't even really know about the guy before going into the season now all of a sudden he's projected to go top 10 uh very impressive stuff Justin Fields as well yeah because they were talking about Talia being the starting quarterback right and then he transferred out so Mac Jones became it obviously for good reason I mean look at what he did like yeah he had a fantastic season I mean, but like, like I said, like they have like, they get all the five-star recruits. Like he was probably the four or five-star recruit, had all of the arm talent, was just waiting behind Tua because Tua was really good, right? Like it's, it's inevitable. Alabama seems almost inevitable. And that that tweet that said like, it's so easy for Saban at this point, he might as well like quit Alabama and start over in like Wyoming. Uh, Ryan, I, so I know that exact Insta post you were talking about because I was just about to bring it up. Aiden, it's uh, it's uh, the tweet was like, or the Insta pick was, um, Nick Saban's currently in that spot in NCAA where you uh, you have won six straight national championships. You have uh, ten more five star recruits coming in next season, so you just transfer schools to Wyoming and try and build the foundation from like the bottom up. Yeah, um, send that by true. the way. He's, Credit to Brady. He's made a uh, no, he didn't Brady. I saw it on literally Instagram. Sent it on Twitter. Check the group. I, so just really yeah. quickly about Mac Jones. Um yeah. I'm I'm usually I, I love like I, I'm a I'm a simp for the big boys. Like I I uh I support my thick kings, but big I think ben, if someone takes him Winston. in the top ten, they are making the biggest mistake. He won't go I don't think he'll go top ten just considering he is, there's he is what, not four good, good quarterbacks that'll go before him. He is um, not good. I like. I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I I'm gonna. I think he's I'm, like. I'm gonna trust. Above Trey I, I Lance, so like, you mean? No. Below Fields, above Lance, kind of area. No. 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 I think. I think after after all four. Above, above Kyle Trask. I I don't think he's even better than what's his. Yeah, I don't think he's better than Kyle Trask. Oh wow. I, I think like, they have the same oh. level. Like the biggest knock on Kyle Trask is his mobility. But I think mm. him and Mac Jones have like the same level of mobility. So like also um 
Pat Mac- McAfee made a point yesterday. I was watching a show and he said, sure, you can look at Mac Jones stats that, you know, they're going to be really good, but you got to go in and look at those passes that he's making. Cause a lot of them are his number one receivers or Devonte Smith, just getting completely wide open and being all by your, cause, and we saw it in the, in the natty too, like it, those guys are wide open. Like, Aiden could literally hit them and and have a 400 yard game. So it's like, how much are his stats inflated, and how how much is his his stock actually like uh, superficial? So or artificial? So I don't know. Got you. If you that, but he can still be good. So we don't know. If you look at Joe Burrow in the national championship last year, he spread the ball so well. Like he was a guy that like knew how to like utilize every single receiver that he had on the field. And that's what I think made him so good playing in the next level. Cause he could manage to get the ball to AJ green, T Higgins. And that was, that, that was a big strength for him. But if you look at Devonta Smith, who literally can't argue with it was the best receiver in college football. That man had what? Six receptions for almost 300 yards. Yeah. Yeah, like in the first uh, in the first in the first half or first three quarters, he ended with twelve receptions for two hundred fifteen yards and three okay. touchdowns. Okay, so even more to the point though, twelve receptions—that is a lot to one guy. Okay, but it also had he had a receiver with eight receptions, a receiver with seven receptions, and then uh, seven total players caught the ball from him. Okay, okay, so that's that's a fair point, but I don't know. I think even the fact that he had. Jalen Waddle, did he play this season? Uh, he missed, he was hurt I for a vast majority of it. Okay, um, he okay. was like visibly injured during the final game, and he was oh, like trying. To... Yes. So that's oh, yes, that's what he, he, yeah. he, he hasn't played since October seventeenth. But yeah, yeah, he was hurt. He had surgery, and then he came back like within a couple of weeks, which is incredible. Okay, yeah, no, I remember that. I think I think Mac Jones has the potential. Like, I can't say he's not going to be good. I should scratch that forget i said that but um i think personally i think it's a mistake to take him in the top 10 that's just my personal hot take even but even i don't, I don't think he will get taken in the top 10 i don't think he will even at 15 I mean, like the there's Patriots a lot of good players in this draft i mean devonta jamar you have obviously um uh blonde hair boy that's going first overall can't remember his name right now you literally have a segment on him (laughs) yeah yeah, that guy he's going Um, to the jaguars the prince charming um (laughs) big ass nose morgan uh, that's uh offensive lineman's gonna go really high he's supposed to be a generational talent like i don't i don't think he'll go top 10 i just don't think <laughs> Ryan, that's what that's what we're saying though. Is there's mock drafts that have him going in there, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, but one of the like mock drafts are usually never right. I know, like I know, but, yeah, but like, neither, it's fine. Neither is the actual draft. We won't. Freaking we won't slander. We won't slander Mac Jones too off. Or too yeah. Much. So, Aiden, what happens if uh, Mac Jones falls to what is it like seventeen, and the Bears just take him right then? Yeah. What then? And he, and cool. What happens? And then he's the next Aiden. I what like then? no, and then he I, sucks. He's the next mystery. No, like I, I honestly don't even want to think about that because the odds of that happening, like because I don't want it to happen. The odds of that happening are pretty high. So I mean, he'll be available in that range, I think. So yeah, it's a little bit. Scary. It's like the classic Trubisky thing where he plays just well enough at the end of the season where they're like, hey, maybe like we'll keep him and he'll do better next year. Maybe we and got something like, here. Rinse, repeat. Well, I <laughs> like, I know they will keep Trubisky around. Like I'm, I'm they fairly need to draft a there. wide receiver, man. They need to draft everything, dude. But we'll no, we'll your get defense is fun. We'll your get into that. Fun. We'll get into that uh, with our draft predictions podcast that is coming up in the coming weeks. Draft predictions. So that won't be out till what? Probably April when we get the combine yeah. stuff done. A couple weeks. Months, so. Yeah. A couple weeks. Yep. yep. Um. Next week. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's move on from college football because let's uh, let's be real. That's not uh, that's not the type of podcast we are. We are a NFL type of podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that's not true. We have what seven college debates that we still have to have in the future that we keep pushing off. Is that correct? Anyone? Uh, sure. I don't cool. know. Sure. I'll just, <laughs> I mean, just, I'll just talk to myself. Sure. Anyways, so sure. wild wild card weekend was uh, was this last weekend. Um, 
six games, six of them pretty solid football games, to be honest with you. Um, let's start from the top, I guess. Colts, Bills, Aiden, take it away. What do you got with this analysis here? Well, um, obviously, going to start by saying I thought this was going to be a blowout. Like, I thought the Bills were going to take it with no problem from the Colts. Uh, but Brady had said this. He was correct. Colts are a much better team than I thought they were. And uh, there were a few guys on the Colts that really balled out. Like, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries. Like, he <clears throat> he didn't necessarily have the offense on his back. But he certainly played a really good game. Naeem Hines also um, had, I think, 70-something rushing yards. Uh, on much less carries, but 75 Philip rivers as well played a really great game. Um, but I think the biggest headline of this story is what almost was and could have been um, the call that almost screwed the bills out of the playoffs um, because there was that big <clears throat> uh, Michael Pittman or sorry, uh, Zach Pascal would have been, should have been fumble. Um, that if the Colts were able to capitalize off of, they would have scored and won the game. Um, but the Bills held on and actually ended up winning that game, uh, 27 to 24. Josh Allen played a really great game as well. He had some nice little trick plays in there, including that um, falling touchdown pass to Dawson Knox in the second quarter, I think it was. Just like really nice play from him. It's one of those plays that you just see from a guy like Josh Allen that – um, you wouldn't normally make, but he's probably one of the best improvisers in the league. Like, you don't see that from everyone. Um, uh, Stefan Diggs started off really slow, but uh, he ended up catching a few passes for some big yards and uh, ended up with over 100 receiving yards. So that was really nice to see. Uh, the Bills' defense really kept it together in this game as well. Um, and I think ultimately that's the reason they won because the Colts offense was playing well, but they could just never quite beat the Bills defense. So I think that was uh, the nail in the coffin at the end there. Um, yeah, that's a pretty pretty solid analysis. I think the Bills, that whole game got off to a slow start. The Bills got off to a really slow start, but um, Josh Allen, man, can't count that guy out. Really quick, um, I just I, – are we are we ready to start saying that Josh Allen's better than Lamar Jackson? Is is the world ready for that that statement? I think he is. Yes, he is. I, think I he also is. think yeah, he is. Of course. Like, like, not even a question. I, I don't know. He's, he's not as mobile, but he's not that far behind. He's got a way better arm, and he's, you know, make, he's a better decision maker as well, so – but I'm like, taking Josh he, Allen over Lamar. Who, who he can needs run to be sure. that? Like, no one needs to be as mobile as Lamar is, though. You know what I mean? Allen is perfectly mobile. Like he, Allen, is, Allen is mobile enough. He's quick. Like, for a quarterback? Yeah, for, for yeah order, like... Over 400 rushing 100%. yards this year. Eight touchdowns, so... If you were going to have an all-quarterback team, I think uh, Lamar Jackson would have to get moved to running back, and then you move Josh Allen to tight end, he would just feast. He'd be a hack <laughs> at tight end. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so next game, uh, Bills win, so they're on to face the the Ravens next week. Ravens. Uh, oh, that's a little bit, a little bit of a spoiler right there, but uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we move, we move. Um, Ryan Rams Seahawks. Uh, there's some a quarterback surprise at the beginning of the game. Uh, take take us through your your thoughts there. Um. Well, yeah. I mean. I didn't even know Jared Goff wasn't starting until because I, I originally well okay so I'd originally picked the Rams to win because uh, I thought they were better, um, and then I was told that John Walford I think his name is was starting. Yep. Um, and then I was like, well, there goes my prediction. Um, but then on like play two of the game, Jamal Adams like breaks his neck, so uh, Jared Goff like fresh off of thumb surgery comes waltzing in, and then they he basically let's get it real they basically did what the the 49ers did to the Packers in last year's NFC championship. They handed the ball off 50 times and they ran all the way over them. And, and it worked obviously um, because like John, uh, Jared Goff can't throw the ball that much. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, um, they just played to their strengths. They won their defense overpowered them completely. Their defense was monstrous. I mean, Aaron Donald had two sacks and before the first quarter was over, like that's, that's game breaking. Right. Um, I think the, the, the Rams are definitely banking on their defense to win them the majority of their games, especially with Jared Goff not being healthy. I mean, John Wolford hasn't even practiced this week. 
and I have been following because they're playing the Packers this weekend, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, this game was, I mean, it was all Rams, essentially. I mean, DK Metcalf had one nice touchdown, which was a really nice extended play by by uh, Russell Wilson. Um, but other than that, I didn't see much juice from, from the Seahawks. It was kind of a, it was like a slow walk to the inevitable end. At least yeah. that's how I saw it. I think you nailed a couple of things there. They threw the ball 19 times with Jared Goff that game, only nine completions. Although 155 yards, one touchdown, not terrible for, you know, only throwing the ball 19 times, completing 10 or I would say passes. that's an absolute win for having um, thumb that, surgery like two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, on your throwing hand as well. Uh, Cam Akers ran the ball 28 times. Malcolm Brown ran the ball nine times. And you're right, that Rams defense was something else. And uh, Russ... 28 times is like, is, is Derrick Henry amount of touches. Like they were yeah. just they were just blasting him on the line of scrimmage. Like, I, I mean, 4.7 yards per carry. Why not? Especially quarterbacks, quarterbacks down and injured. Like, why not? If it ain't um, hurt, don't fix it. Like just keep running the ball until they stop it. Exactly. Russell Wilson, though, abysmal day, 11 for 27. Offensive coordinator in Seattle is out of a job, although he'll find one shortly. He's a pretty good, uh, pretty good coach Schottenheimer. Um, I just think that there was – the Seahawks just didn't even really come to play. They saw Jared Goff go down. I think they might have taken it easy and, and prep the week of just because they thought John Walford would be starting. And if Jared Goff had to come in, well, Jared Goff was going to be hurt anyways. But Yeah, um, those are the, the subtleties of the game, right? Like you – like regardless, your preparation should have been they're going to run the ball because John Walford is an unknown. Who knows if he can throw the ball? We're going to expect them to run because that's what they're going to do. Um, when Jared Goff came in, they still ran the ball, so they still should have been prepared. But still, those are the subtleties of the game where you prepare all week to face John Wolford. Well, he gets injured. Jared Goff comes back in, and their playbook opens up a little bit because Jared Goff knows it like the back of his hand. Um, and then it gets you off your game a little bit. But knows it I mean, like the, the back Rams, of his new thumb. The Rams did what they were supposed to do, and and Jalen Ramsey's formidable as a corner, probably the best corner in, in the football league right now. Well, there's there's two of them that you can say that are at the top there, and we'll get to them later because they play each other in the divisional round. But for yeah. now, uh, Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their uh, new look team with Tom Brady at the helm. They make the playoffs in the first year, of course. Uh, they have the Washington football team. What do you uh, what do you got for that game? Yeah, it, it was a pretty good game. I'll, I'll give you that. Um it's Ryan over there. He he called exactly what this game was, and it was an it was a it was a close win. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it an ugly win because you know the the Bucks played pretty well, and you got to give props to um, Taylor Heineke who stepped in for Alex Smith who was dealing with some calf soreness, and him and his coach felt like uh, Smith wasn't in the position to give Washington all that he had and give him a hundred percent. So they went with the third stringer Heineke. And he just absolutely balled out um, 306 passing yards, a touchdown, and then almost 50 yards on the ground. That guy was just running everywhere. He looked like Josh Allen out there. So maybe he played himself into a, a backup role next year. Or who knows? Maybe Washington runs with him, actually. Uh, Some but... people are saying that they're, he's he's going to be given the shot at the number one. I hope like, so. Versus hope Alex so. Smith. So he definitely, he definitely earned it. I, I, I saw a lot of good things in him last week and uh, i'm really happy that washington got that effort and talent uh from heineke in that game you know he really gave it his all so i think i was it was surprising and um and and bruce arians knew that too going into the game he said during the week um we're actually hoping alex smith plays because um we we are uh not scared of heineke but they think he thought they thought he was the well-rounded well-rounded player because at least smith you can kind of he's contained to the pocket but um, other than that, I mean, Bucks played a good game. They're they're ahead the whole game and were relatively in control. There was a a period in the middle of the game where like they were just punting punting a bunch, and you know Washington's defense is pretty gross. You know, one of the best in the league with that D line and, and and decent secondary there with Fuller and whatnot. But um, Chase Young didn't didn't hear his name too many times. Only time he touched Tom Brady was um during the handshake after the game. So uh, that was really cool that. Donovan Smith just completely shut down young buck chase young, but you know, that's, you know, that's what happens. You, you learn from it. Um, he was the first chase young was the first one to shake Brady's hand after the game. And he, uh, he demanded the Jersey off of Brady's back. So um, I think chase will be great for, for years to come there. And um, bucks 
you know, they, they did what they had to do. Unfortunately, Ronald Jones injured himself in pregame. So uh, for, dumbass Fournette had to step in. But luckily, Washington's, Washington's run defense is just atrocious. So he was able to go for almost 100 yards. So hopefully Rojo's back next week for um, for their big game. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. Good win. Can we also talk about the handshake after where it took Heineke about eight minutes to build up the courage to shake Tom Brady's hand. That was the funniest yeah, so... thing. He's following Alex Smith around and being like, hey, dad, can you introduce me to Mr. Brady? Um, yeah, Heineke is just in the background. He's, he's following Tom around, but Tom doesn't see him. So you kind of, because the camera's following Tom. You just see Heineke trying to like butt in like every so often, but Brady keeps talking to other people. And then he turns around and Heineke's like, oh, oh, eight, oh, yeah. Ah. So... <laughs> It was, that was uh, it was pretty, it was pretty and nice words to Brady to uh, Alex Smith after um, that was also nice. So, yeah, um, Brady, I'll stick with you here. Ravens Titans. That was this was another. This is the first game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, what did you? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll roll whoa, whoa, with whoa. you back to back. There was a lot of L's there. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That's a lot of L's. Um, I forget my exact picks on my la- on the last pod, but on on Twitter on Saturday morning I tweeted out yeah. uh, my six. This is the only one I got wrong. I really thought the Titans would put up a better fight. They won. Baltimore won by seven, but I think it was it was more favored in Baltimore's. Like it was it was more lopsided after after that first quarter because Tennessee went up. Yeah, um, had nothing. And after that was all Baltimore, and Kiskowski got a late field goal. But uh, man. There, I mean, Titans did. They played the Ravens exactly how you want to play them if you're going to win. You know, shut the shut the run down, which they did. Derrick Henry, forty yards. That's it. No touchdowns. And make Tannehill throw. What happens? He gets eighteen for twenty six, one hundred sixty five yards interception. Um, it's just that's that's how you win. You shut the run down and just say, hey, have to throw it on us if you want to beat us and. Sometimes it works because AJ Brown and Corey Davis are beasts, but sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. And uh, that's the thing, though. Corey Davis didn't even see the field, right? Remember on that last drive, they, yes, they didn't yeah, even true. put him out there, and he's just standing on the sideline. So he's probably going to leave at the end of this year. But after, he had he no was, catches. I traded for him in fantasy this year, so I was like really closely monitoring his stats. He would go for twenty-eight fantasy points, so like two touchdowns, hundred and something yards, whatever it is, ten catches, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the next game, two points. Next game, zero points. And so, like, it, I don't know what it is with their system, but like, they just never really showed him much love after having big weeks where he produced. All of a sudden, next week he would uh, he would just get no looks or no targets or anything like that. So, I wonder where he where he ends up next year if it's on the Titans or if it's not. Like, I, he could be one of those players that has a lot of potential. And either boom somewhere or just absolutely just sucks. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens next season with him. Yeah, certainly a lot of certain players that they really excel in certain schemes and certain other schemes they they just they're horrible, but yeah. um, not horrible, but not as not as optimal. Um, but yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson ran all over them. Big forty yard. Uh, I think he got the forty yard touchdown, right? Uh, uh yes, yeah, Lamar, forty yard, yard run, and. I mean, yeah, Tennessee can run with Henry, but man, Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and they didn't even need to use those guys. They they split Edwards and Dobbins right down the middle, nine and eight carries respectively, and then Lamar with sixteen rushes, one forty yards. It's just, it's tough to stop the Baltimore's um run run offense, especially now with with J.K. Dobbins and Gus, and they can really really run that um that option the run option play, and it's just because you gotta you really gotta respect Dobbins, so. Baltimore's got a good thing going for them. We'll see if to be mentioned in the next segment will uh, be able to stop their run and get the win. Yeah, just saying. I called that one. Uh, Baltimore's hot right now, and they showed it in that yeah. first uh, first little bit. You're Lamar right. Jackson, as much as as much as the slander started at the beginning of the pod, he's still a good quarterback. I think Josh Allen's better, but Lamar is still a very good quarterback. So that's a team to look out for when they yeah. play the Bills next week. Oh, Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. How there, perfect! There it, is. there it is. How perfect! Um. All right, and then the next game, uh, Brady. Thanks for thanks for the analysis. Uh, you can go. You can go back to the booth. Uh, get a back get to a back to the loose game. Yeah. Get get a get a glass of Gatorade. Get some electrolytes up, in. And then yeah. we'll, we'll, <laughs> I gotta we'll cool see you back in the divisional round preview. Uh, Aiden. Oh, yes. Um, Bear Saints. Not the way you wanted this one to go, but <laughs> the way you the way you expected it to go. Were you surprised by anything? What's up? How's the How's the game for you? Yeah. Um. 
I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. I'm not gonna go too far into it, but um, it was. Well, no, it was like I. I didn't expect them to win, but it was really disappointing to watch. Um, it was. I disagree. Probably no, no. Like, dude, trust me. The game was way closer than the final score suggests. It was seven three for like three. When your wide receiver drops a wide open pass in the end zone. When your quarterback, who can never seem to throw a decent pass, throws a perfect pass, then like, I, I like no other team in this chat has quarterback problems like the Bears. Like, so it is so frustrating to see Trubisky throw that ball, and it be perfect. Like he literally could not have thrown that ball better, and for whims of all people to drop that ball like i think what makes it so much worse for whims dropping that ball is that he got ejected the last time they played the saints for punching chauncey gardner in the face so then for him to drop it like pretty much right in front of chauncey gardner like that is like his confidence is done and i i didn't i I didn't want to see him back in the game because that's like wow like Oh, it, it was frustrating. But another thing that was really frustrating about it was going into the game, Chicago was missing five starters. Not to mention, during the game, Anthony Miller decided to punch Chauncey Gardner in the face and got ejected. So... Bunch of thugs. I, well, <laughs> honestly... Chauncey Gardner has become my least favorite player in NFL history. I'm not going to dwell on it, but for him to get punched in the face by two Bears players and his own teammate at practice, he must be doing something wrong. But it's just super frustrating to see because, like, that's the thing. For how many players were out, I think the Bears played pretty well, especially, like, Roquan Smith, like, who I would argue was the center point of that defense this year. Like, he was definitely the most productive on that defense. And I think the issue was, like, they showed play after play after play of Manti Teo getting picked on. Like, I think it happened two plays in a row where they even drew it. Like, Tony Romo drew it up, and he's like, here's where you got to watch because the receiver can either cut in or out, and he makes a T right in front of Manti Teo. It's like, yeah, of course. Like, what's the guy going to do? He's the worst linebacker in NFL history. Like, of course he's not going to make a play on that. Um, I would so, argue Vontez perfect, but your point is still valid. No, Vontez perfect. Vontez perfect was a good linebacker. He was just really dirty. Um, yeah, but I Manti think Teo, Manti Teo is actually just like garbage. Like he's awful. <laughs> he doesn't water. do any. He he legitimately can't even make a tackle when he messes he's up. Got no earnings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But so, anyways, not gonna dwell on it too long. Uh, Alvin Kamara played like a beast. The rest of the Saints, except for Chauncey Gardner, played super well. Um, I think it was a good game for the Saints, just a terrible game for the Bears. Like, uh, I think that. So, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. I was obviously rooting for the Bears because I hate the Saints, and you know, got to support I don't my home. It was like a terrible game, okay. much more as a disappointing game. Like they they were there. It was seven three, like pretty much to the end of the third quarter. Then it got out of hand. But they like they showed that they could play with the Saints at least. That's like I mean, the number but, two. So I think that's what was so frustrating about it. Not necessarily the fact that because at at one point the Bears would have been winning. They would have been up by three going into the third quarter if Javon Wims had caught that touchdown. So that's part of what was so frustrating about it. Um, obviously like I'm not blaming the loss on that because they lost 21 to nine. So, um, it obviously would have been a little bit different. Um, or it obviously wouldn't have been too different, but, um, I think the, the most frustrating part about it is knowing that it would have been a much closer game. Like if Chicago was at full health and this is something so terrible to complain about, but it's like, it's true. Like, if Chicago wasn't missing five starters going into that game, it would have been much closer. So, um, that's the end of my TED Talk. Thanks for coming. Okay. Well, appreciate the analysis. I think, uh, you know, they put up a, uh, put up a solid fight. 
uh, when you have receivers dropping wide open touchdowns in the end zone, like legitimately, like I've seen that play made by high school kids in D2 Canada. It's, it's, it's obnoxious. It's like, it's not easy to win games when you're dropping balls like that for Mitch Trubisky, but uh, Mitch Trubisky earned another year's a starter probably. So um, we'll, we'll see you next season. Aiden. Well, he did win the MVP. So, I mean, yes. Holmes and Watson haven't won one of those. So no, they have not. They also have not been slimed. Um, also, <laughs> Jimmy Graham play at the end, at the end of it was uh, pretty sick. Uh, a lot of people just talk about his walk off, but like, holy smokes, what a catch! Yeah, yeah, that's very true. He's he's a beast. There's no other. Way I didn't. Before I hear the tears welling up in your eyes, so before we uh, before we ask waterworks, I'll move on to the next game. Ryan, Brown Steelers, probably the most shocking game yeah, well, of uh, of the uh, of the wild card round. Yeah. Shocker. Two fingers. I picked Steelers up, to win. Um, I thought they were they were the better team. Um, going into the game. I still think they're, they're a better team. Um, but what I think happened is that the Steelers beat themselves. It was more the Steelers beating themselves than Cleveland beating the Steelers, honestly. I mean, when the first snap of the game, you have a perennial all-pro, thousands of snaps in his life. He fucking airmails one into their own end zone. Um, and then the, the Cleveland Browns um, recover it for the touchdown. Terrible way to start. Probably the worst way you could ever start a game. Like I don't think there's a way you could start it worse, honestly. Well, they were down twenty-one nothing or twenty-eight nothing before they even like. Well, I mean, first snap of the game and you're down seven nothing. Like, yeah. I mean, and you have like that's Marquise Pouncey. That's an All-Pro. That's a Pro Bowler, perennial. Um, and I mean, it's just well, what can I say other than every single player on the Steelers had the worst game that they've ever played, <laughs> like, and and you know what? That's good on Cleveland because they took advantage of it, right? I mean. Baker played well. Um, Juice played well. Uh, the, the Cleveland played well. It's just I think that the Steelers beat themselves. I mean, Ben threw four interceptions. At least two or three of them had touched the receivers, like went right through their hands, like bounced off their hands or went through their hands. And one of them was shit on Ben, obviously. But um, I was taught that if you can get two hands on the ball, you have to catch that. Like he, they were looking like Evan Engram out there, like the ball was going right through their hands and to the other team. Um, oh, if you ever, so if you ever played, uh, oh, sorry, just I was just gonna say turnovers are the easiest way to lose a game, and they had like four or five of them, so um, pretty easily they beat themselves. Uh, but props to Cleveland for for uh, taking advantage of it because that's what they had to do. I mean, I mean they 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 still had people on the other team that had to catch the interceptions, right? So, I mean, yeah, it is I what think, it is. Uh... They deserve to win. I, I th- the Browns came out hot. They had a lot to prove. I mean, you know, you have Juju coming out and saying the Browns are the Browns, uh, same old team, whatever. You have, you know, everyone hates the Steelers this season because Juju and Chase Claypool kept, you know, doing their thing on TikTok. Um, and then after the game, you see Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, uh, even Baker got into it. Well, is that a shocker to anybody? Um, and... Uh, yeah, they were just like making fun of like all the TikTok stuff, and I thought that was hilarious. Like, if you if you, you know, if you want to put yourself in the spotlight like that, you got to be able to take the criticism when it comes. And uh, Chase Claypool uh, on TikTok the next day says, you know, it's not a big deal. They're gonna get clapped next week by the Chiefs. Um, probably one of the most offsides comments that you can ever make. That team <laughs> clapped you guys, but they uh, they they. D- regard okay so they will get clapped regardless you can't be saying that they are gonna no. get clapped against the chiefs but you can't be doing that I, and you know i i hope i mean the browns are just playing with a freaking chip on their shoulder like you you never know we've seen patrick Mahomes throw three interceptions in the game this year you need turnovers to beat teams like they just did with the with the steelers who's to say the browns don't have a chance anymore i'm not saying this is a sure thing i think kansas city is a far better team and especially coming out of the bye weeks, they they've beaten teams by I think like an average score of thirty five coming out of uh, bye weeks, including postseason bye with Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not saying you know the Browns are going to destroy the Chiefs or even win, but I'm saying they have a shot next week. I think they do. And I also, as much as uh, I'd love to support a well, Canadian guy, Chase Claypool, that... I mean. They have yeah, a puncher's they, chance. And everybody every team in the playoffs has a chance of winning. Yeah. I just think the, the Chiefs are a much polished more polished team, um, more rounded than the Steelers. Um, maybe their defense isn't as good, but their offense certainly makes up for it. I mean, like I think the the Chiefs are the overwhelming favorite for good reason. 
Um, I don't think the the Cleveland secondary is going to hold up against the the Casey offense. But that being said, if Cleveland can run the ball, um, hold on to it, keep Mahomes off the field, they definitely have a chance. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, honestly, though, Baker Mayfield with the chip on his shoulder might be one of the scariest things coming into the playoffs. But uh, we'll see what it's like next week with um, uh, Cleveland and Kansas City. But we'll, um, yeah, let's take a gander at uh, at the divisional round that Ryan and I kept, uh, kept foreshadowing here. And I foreshadowed about like 9 million times in the other one because it's hard not to. Um, Ryan, we're, we're going to stay right with you here. First game of the, of the weekends, Rams and Packers. Um, Probably the it, most exciting matchup, I'd say. Oh, no. Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, pull, those, pull that out of the water. Um, yeah, I, I disagree. You have the number one corner going up against the number one wide receiver. That's You have Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. You have Baker Mayfield against Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking all those over golf. Well, Baker Mayfield is never on the field at the same time as Patrick Mahomes. So it's pretty yeah, tough to like, see them go up against each other. Ah, it's like eight plays that's going to be Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams are going to be spotlighted in the game. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's been trending on Twitter for a week now because everybody keeps talking about it. But go off. Well, I mean, when you're, on, think... when you're on Packers TikTok, you're <laughs> so you're no, 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 no. Yeah. I think so. Twitter, something that's really something that's really cool about this week, though, is we're we're arguing about like big storylines and stuff, but like each of these games actually has a massive storyline. Like, I yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you've got playoffs, like, like, so, well, well, no, but like, no, no, no. But like, think about it. You've got number one DB versus number one wide receiver. You got two of the best mobile quarterbacks in the game. You've got uh, the guy that took Three. Baker Mayfield's job at Texas A&M from him. Um that guy being Patrick Mahomes, of course. And then you've got like uh Buccaneers and Saints airing on the history channel over there. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> We have three we have what six 24-year-old quarterbacks, 25-year-old quarterbacks, and then three just fossils, the oldest quarterbacks in the league. But anyways, Ryan, uh Rams Packers, what are the what are the keys to the game for both teams here? If the Rams um, are gonna I beat mean, the Packers, what is how's it gonna happen? Um start with that. Well, if you want my prediction, it's, it's the Packers, but it's close. But I'll say I'll be more clear at the end. Um, I think it's the typical case of you have the number one offense versus the number one defense, um, unstoppable force versus an immovable object. Who's gonna Who's gonna budge first? I guess who's gonna move first? Um, I mean, it's you have the Packers have the number one offense in the league. People like to say it's the Chiefs, but it's actually the Packers. Um, stat wise, anyway. I mean, intangibles are different. Um, but those are going to be the key to the game. I, I think the biggest key um, is probably going to be can the Packers offensive line uh, hold up against the Rams defensive line. You have Aaron Donald, who's an absolute monster, going up against um, the best center in the league right now, uh, Corey Lindsley. Um, so if anybody's going to do it, hopefully it'll be the Packers. I'm assuming they'll be double teaming him on every play because everybody does. Um, maybe getting some like running back help on obvious passing downs. but. I think that's going to be a big key. Um, I would f- I favor the Packers defense against the Rams offense just because um, the uncertainty at quarterback uh, for the Rams, like Jared Goff's likely going to start, but is he healthy? Not really. Um, no one's ever really healthy like three weeks after a thumb surgery on their throwing hand. Um, they're gonna the Rams are gonna run the ball. The Packers have to prove that they can stop it. Um, they proved that they could stop Derrick Henry or at least limit him. Um, so hopefully they can do the same against. I think it's Acres. Uh, who's the lead tailback for them right now? Other yes. than that, it's um, who's going to win the Devonte uh, Ramsey battle. Uh, I think that'll uh, indicate who wins the game as well. And turnovers, obviously. If if either team commits a bunch of turnovers, the other team's going to win. That's like the biggest storylines, I guess. Uh, I'm picking the Packers, but I'll say it's uh, the Packers have been averaging 31 points a game, so I'll go 31 to 28. That's my guess. Packers. Aiden, what, what, do you, what do you got for prediction for this one? Um, well, so I'm with Ryan. I think the Packers are going to win. I think it's going to be a close game, though. Uh, my guess is going uh, to be 24-17 to for the Packers. 17. Um, should we uh, – yeah, you know what? Let's, let's, get these, let's get these written down in the chat here so we don't have to listen to the, listen to the episode because we hate our own product, of course. Um, 
uh brady we uh i haven't heard your voice in a while i hope i hope you're still doing well um what do you got for the score here um uh, it's tough Uh, uh, i picked the upsets last week so i'll i'll play spoiler i'll go i'll go rams um with the same score 24 17 uh okay i'm gonna that's defense brady do you want to do you want to write these down so we have them I mean, for, for for what it's worth, that could easily happen too. I mean, if if Ramsey locks down Devontae, if the Packers can't stop the run, that means Aaron Rodgers off the field for a long period of time. That's the that's the key to beating the Packers. Keep Rodgers off the field. That's exactly how you do it. So, so that that I could definitely see that happening. Aiden said Saints. What? I mean, Packers. <laughs> um, are you are you done? actually? What everyone just throw throw the score that you say. Throw the score that you say in our uh, in our in our pod chat, and then we can uh, uh, we can just go from there. Um, so I'm uh, I am I call me a simp because I am down bad in terms of the scoring for this uh, for the race that we got going on here. Um, I think I'm at like negative four points, and we still haven't even really tallied up the scores. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard it's hard to get negatives, especially just with the scoring that we have. But anyways. Um, I'm gonna. I I need to. I need to call my way back up the leaderboard. So I'm gonna go Rams, and I'm saying it's gonna be twenty-one to seventeen is my score. Uh, also, I do not like the Packers, so I will not be cheering for them. Um, sorry, Ryan. I think we need this though. Uh, it's okay. The Panthers didn't make it. The Panthers so. did not make it. And I will. I will. You can throw all the jokes at me because they <laughs> they did not make it. Uh, they also brought in uh, Dwayne Haskins for a meeting, so you know, I'm down bad. The kids are kids are down bad out in uh, <laughs> out Charlotte. Jeez. Oh uh, no, no, no. We're just not. Uh, Aiden, um, you know, let's I let's keep Brady's voice out of here for as long as possible. Yes, um, I like that idea. What do you uh, night game on Saturday? We got Ravens Bills. Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. We spotlighted this a couple times so far in the episode. But why don't you go right into it? In my opinion, I think this is, if there's going to be an upset, it's going to be this one. I think you were right last week in saying that the Ravens are hot. Like, they, and now they're coming off a playoff win. Like, Lamar is the happiest he has ever been. He's got his first playoff win. But here's my thing. I think Sean McDermott finally has a team that he has the reins on and he's going to be able to coach this team to prepare for Lamar Jackson. So I think what it's going to come down to is what team can be coached better to prepare for the weapons that they have at quarterback. So I think it's going to be essentially, it's going to be a shootout. Like both offenses are going to come out swinging. Both of them are like, well, I guess, I guess they do play a little bit differently. Like, um, Lamar's obviously pretty much, I would say almost the Ravens entire offense, but I, I don't know. Their offense seems relatively predictable. Like, um, JK Dobbins is like the center point running back now. Like they get Gus Edwards in there sometimes, but between Lamar Jackson and JK Dobbins, like they're the ones taking all the carries and then receiving it's all Marquise Brown all downfield. And it's usually on a play fake that allows Marquise Brown to get behind the safeties. So I think uh, it's going to come down to Jordan Poyer, like being back there and being disciplined, making sure that he doesn't let Marquise Brown sneak behind him. But on the Bills offensive side, you've got Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen um, going up against Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, who are debatably, well, I shouldn't even say debatably because they are really rated as both top 10 DBs in the NFL right now. So having uh, Stefan Diggs pretty, I I think he's going to be alternating in between them. Like I think they're going to play a pretty heavy zone and uh, just try to keep Stefan Diggs in front, not let him get behind the safeties. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play against Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, keeping both of them contained and in front of the defense. Um, See, this is so tough. 
because I think it's either going to be a super close game or the Bills are going to blow like the Ravens out. But so I'm going to go with my second guess. I think it's going to be. I'm going to go. So Bills winning 27 to 13. 27, 13. Yes. Okay. Uh, how about yourself, Ryan? What do you got? Um, I agree with Aiden uh, for the most part. I think if I'm the Bills, I am forcing Lamar to beat me with his arm. I'm stacking the box. I'm putting a QB spy on anything it takes. Uh, make Lamar beat you in the air. Um, I think that's a recipe for success because like Aiden said, um, Hollywood's their only receiver and Mark Andrews, um, the, the tight end. Um, but Tredavious White will be on um, on uh, on Hollywood, and then I don't know who the linebacker is, uh, what the situation is in in the Bills. But if they can limit uh, Mark Andrews, I think they'll be okay. I'm I'm going to take the Bills in a close one, 24-21. Um, I think that Patrick Queen is really, really, really good, but is he disciplined enough to um, be patient and wait for Josh Allen to run because Josh Allen can run almost just as well as, as Lamar can. So yeah, I think that the bills are a better overall team. So yeah, bills 24, 21. Ooh. Um, okay. And uh, Brady, how about you? I know the Leafs game just ended with, uh, with a big overtime win for the Leafs. So coming off that, well, what do you I, have for this game? Well, they're still playing for me. So that's, um, that's good. Oh, that's are you, dude? I am always the one that's behind. I feel so bad oh, now. I'm at, no. a, I'm at a minute. I'm at a minute. Oh no! Uh, I'm You're at a here. minute. I'm minute forty-five. It happened here. Okay, whatever. Oh. Um, I, I'm also not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna go with the uh, with the grain here. Um, I'm doing. I'm gonna take the Bills. I think they're just super high. Uh, you know, first first real playoff run in such a long time and you know they they really really want this um i think compared to baltimore um although the Buff- buffalo's run d is notoriously not that good i think they find a way to stop lamar and um yeah i just think they find a way to win it um i'll pick the bills uh 34 to 17 Bills 34-7. Brady, I'm so sorry, by the way. That ha- that has happened to me 9 million times in the past. You're just always ahead of me. I thought it was uh, I thought it was good for me to say. It. And I was I was like nervous. I'm watching. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. I feel like, like I'm like just muted. I was swearing. I'm cheering. Yeah, it's literally opening night. I, I, just, I just ruined it. Once y'all got a oh. point, it's not really a win. Anyway. I, uh, I forgot something real quick about the the Rams game. Uh, Aaron Donald is not 100%, which is like a massive part of their game. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, it's a big yeah, story. Aaron, going Aaron Donald at 50% is still the best defensive tackle in the league. I had oh, I agree. Play. I'm just saying, like, that's definitely a big storyline going in. No, agreed. agreed. He says that it's it's 100%, but who really knows? Um, I mean, coming off fractured ribs, I doubt he'll actually be 100%. Brady, you want to put your scores in the chat? And I'm also going to go with the Bills. Um. I, I, down. Oh, okay. Um, I am going Bills twenty-eight to ten. I just think it's uh, it's just kind of a no-brainer. I think I think the Bills are just rolling right now. They're coming off a thirteen and three season, big playoff win. Um, Stefan Diggs didn't even show up that you know to his standard. I mean, he had a great game in in game in uh, Wild Card Weekend. So I think I think Bills take this one. I think they take it like really handedly. Uh, the next game is Browns and Chiefs. I um this is this is the one I'm looking forward to most. It's probably like after the Panthers, these are the two teams that I root for the most like compared to any other team in the league. Um you know, yeah, like Aiden said, you got Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes, the guy who got the job versus the guy who took the job. Um and uh yeah, I think uh I think it's it's for me again, this one's pretty easy. It's Patrick Mahomes I'm taking him to win every single game of the regular season. I'll bet on the Chiefs 16 out of 16 games in the regular season because there's no point of not. Uh, they're the 10-point favorite. I think this game is going to be a little bit further beyond that. I think uh, I think I think the Steelers game was kind of a fluke. I think the Browns are still a really talented team, but I think like they're not going to get four interceptions and what was it two fumbles or whatever it was. Uh, I, they're not going to get those from from the Chiefs. So I'm saying 
Chiefs, uh, let's say 37 to 14. Chiefs 37 to 14 for me. Aiden, what about you? What do you got? See, it's uh it's really funny that you went with a big score because I was gonna do the exact same. I don't think it's gonna be close. I don't think it's gonna be close at all. So I'm going with the Chiefs winning. I think it's gonna be 45 to 13. Oh, big score. Ryan, yeah. what about you? Uh, uh, I'm going with the the Chiefs as well. Um, I I tend to pick one underdog when I try to pick a couple of scores, but this one is I feel like is too different, um, like too too easy to pick. I mean, uh, I'm going Chiefs somewhere in the 30s. I think uh, maybe 30. Let's see, 38 to uh, 34 to to 21 maybe. Because I mean, the Chiefs defense isn't the best in the league, and the Browns have a pretty decent offense, so they're still gonna get points, but. Yeah. Fair enough. Brady, how about yourself? Um, I mean, similar to the the Bills, the Cleveland, like, um, they haven't they it's like a big playoff story, you know. They haven't been here in so long, and Cleveland's going crazy, and they came out just firing and destroyed the Steelers. So I think they have a bit of a sh- a bit it might be closer than we think, and the Browns have absolutely nothing to lose, and the Chiefs have everything to lose. So I'm still going to pick the Chiefs because um, I, I predicted the Browns to clap the Steelers. Um, what the record show? I even I even, I even say that last time. Uh, I, I predicted it, um, but I don't think they do it again. I think Pat Mahomes is just not going to let that happen on his watch. So I'll pick Chiefs. Um, still score a lot. Uh, 35, 35 to twenty-seven. Ooh, closest one. Um, I respect that. Uh, and Brady, I think we're we're gonna keep it with you here for the last game of the divisional recap. We have Buccaneers versus Saints. Your your new newfound team versus the Saints division. It's an inner division game as well. What do you got here? Yeah, I mean it's it's the playoff matchup that I think both both fan bases wanted. Uh, you know, Brady versus Breeze, the forty three year old versus the forty one year old. Um, could could be Breeze's last season. Who knows? Um, also the story, you know, with the Saints clapping Bucks both times. Well, not so much the first time, but um, it was Week One, so it doesn't really matter. A lot has changed since then, and even since the second game. So I think the Bucks hold the cards in that it, they got clapped both times. So it's like it, it the pr- the pressure's on the Saints to beat the Bucks. You know, they had, they they won a division. They they're two and zero versus them this season. The pressure's on the Saints to win this game and and you know go to the NFC Championship versus Rams or Packers. Um, and I know the Bucks can win. It's just can they execute? Can these players who haven't really been to the playoffs that often can they step up and make some big plays? Um, Evan White's coming back. I know Ryan's a he he's a big believer in him being a key to the game. Which and you know obviously shutting down Kamara, who's you know one of the best players in the game period so i think you know limit camara with devin white um and then just make old man breeze make those throws he's dimp and dunk people make fun of brady but he was he was first in depth per target this year you know people think he's a dump off quarterback but drew breeze he really really is a short yardage quarterback especially with um slant boy michael thomas it works. I'm not going to knock it because it works. You know, it's it wins games. It it beats people. So, you know, if that's how they want to win, that's fine. But, <laughs> you know, put Breeze in those situations where, you know, you stuff the run on, on first down, you know. Um, you might put a lot of pressure on them. You know, hopefully we can use some blitzes here and get Breeze back in, in the backfield a couple times and then make them convert on that third and long because that's the Saints' weakness. Um I'm confident in the Bucks' the Bucks offense. You know, they've been red hot recently, really clicking. Um, Mike Evans is going to be healthier this week, even after coming back from, you know, he's, he got well over 100 yards last last game and set up Bucks playoff record and got a touchdown. And AB's looking great. Um, and, and Chris Godwin's is, is always there. And hopefully Rojo's back and they can, if all else fails, pound the ball. Um, they got options. So I think it's going to come down to the Bucks defense versus. 
uh, you know, Breeze's dimp and dunks? And can they kind of prevent them from doing that down the field all game long and just putting up points? So it's it's, it's going to be an interesting one, you know. It's, it's, it's going to be good. What do you got for the score? Uh, I, you know, I got to go with the Bucks here. Um, but I can definitely, definitely see it being a shootout. I, I hope the Bucks kind of get their revenge and win convincingly, but just this matchup is just too good to be um, anything but. That. So uh, you know, I'll take Bucks um, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Twenty-seven, twenty-one. Aiden, how about yourself here? So I think the Bucks are going to win as well. I think they're going to sneak away with one. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm going to say. 10, 10 to 13 for the Bucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, 13, 10. Defense. Sorry, 13, 10 for the Bucks. 13, 10? Yeah, 13, 10. All right, Ryan, how about yourself? This one is the toughest matchup for me. Um, Because Tom Brady has outplayed Drew Brees all year. Ad- uh, Alvin Kamara has outplayed Rojo and Fournette put together all year. Um, so it's really like Brady said, Devin White's the difference maker. He is probably going to be in a couple of years the best uh, off ball lateral linebacker, um, sideline to sideline in the league. Second year, um, all so pro. he's going to be pardon. He was second team all pro this year with uh, his counterpart. Yeah, he, yeah, he's just too gross. It's going to be on him to limit Alvin Kamara because he's one of the most dynamic players in space. Period. Um, can he do that? Uh, I think he can limit him. I don't think he'll stop him. Um, but just a, a little bit different than Brady, I think it's going to come down to the Bucks' offense versus the Saints' defense because the Saints' defense has been really underrated in the stretch run. Uh, they've been one of the best defenses in the stretch run the, the, or the last quarter of the season. Um, they have a lot of good pieces uh, on that defense. I mean, uh, Cam Jordan's one of the best uh, edge D-tackle. I can't remember what he plays, um, but one of the best rushers in the league. Um, I really think it's it's going to be super, super close. I think the Bucks take it 24-21 because Tom Brady in the playoffs is a is a beast. Um, it's really hard to beat him. He just, if you play zone, he's going to pick your zone apart. If you play man, one of those guys is going to beat you, whether it's Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown's been playing really, really well, increasingly better each week, which is scary. Um, Mike Evans, I, he might not be a, 100% healthy, but he can still beat an average cornerback. Um, so it's, can you play man? Not really. Can you play zone? Not really. How's it, how are the saints defense going to deal with this? That's that biggest matchup for me, but I'm taking bucks 24, 21, um, by a, maybe a last second field goal. I'm thinking Tom Brady, um, does the two minute drill and wins it. That would be fun. And you mentioned Cam Jordan. Um, he had uh, seven and a half sacks on the season, but don't forget, um, Trey uh, Hendrickson, who has almost double that he's at 13 and a half. So, uh, Shout out, I was well, to shout why do you think there. he has that many? Because Cam Jordan's constantly being doubled. Like it was so probably, good. It's probably like the why Shaq Barrett had so many last year. Um, not because Shaq Barrett's in a, the best D end ever. It's because well, why the, do the other guys freeing him up? Why does everybody on the Rams get more sacks than normal? <laughs> yeah, like Aaron yeah. Donald, obviously. Yeah, so I just want to players with him wherever he goes. I just wanted to spotlight Hendrickson there because uh, he, regardless of who he's up against or how many people are guarding, I mean, he balled out and it's something to look for against. Um, and I think Werfs has Cam Jordan. So we'll see how, uh, hopefully he shuts him down again. Yeah, like I, I think it'll be that matchup. Uh, the Saints D versus the, the Bucks. Oh, and, and what gives first. Um, and obviously, since, since I picked the Bucks, I think the Bucks are going to, they're just going to edge it out like ever got, so slightly. Yeah. And if it comes down to quarterbacks, I'm I think we would all take Brady over Breeze right now. So I mean Tom Brady played way better than Breeze this year. I don't I don't think anybody's gonna like 40, 40 touchdowns at what 40 40 43. That's ridiculous. And say what you want about you know obviously having the best weapons and anyone can do that, but you know, still give give a little credit to Tom and uh Breeze is he's still not at hundred percent. So um and Taysom is just a walking turnover, so but can also make plays. I, I I acknowledge that, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, I'll, it's it'll be Alvin Kamara versus um, uh, Devin White for sure, and we'll see. Yep. 
We'll see. Did you give your prediction there? Uh, no, I'm not going to. I refuse to pick a winner between these two teams. I'd rather have <laughs> negative one negative points than pick a winner. Wow. No, you, you can pick Just a tie. Pick the winner. Nope, I'm not, I'm not picking a winner. I refuse. <laughs> I hate the box and I hate the Saints. I don't like one more than I like the other, so. Well, I picked the Bills, so. You're just not as not as big of a fan, I guess. That's all that means. Bills are cool too. You must be a I lot like, of fun I like the parties. Bills. I jokes on you, Aiden. I've never been to a party. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all just give a collective boo and move on. Uh no, it'll be I'm gonna go you guys all took box, I'm gonna go Saints yeah. eighteen to fourteen. No, that doesn't make sense. Seventeen to fourteen. I, I, for what it's worth, I think this is be the closest game out of the four. I hope not. I can't handle it. I think Ravens Bills might end up being pretty close, but I think I think I predicted this one at the closest as well. So Ryan, it's apt analysis. Three of the four games could literally all be like within three. It's 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 going to yeah. be crazy. No, it's you're you're completely right. It can it you imagine? <laughs> like with the Packers, I think it's the it could easily be a Packers blowout, or it could be a, like seven to three. Uh, Rams <laughs> it's gonna go one way or the but other. But I could I could also see all the games doing that too. Like maybe the Ravens just run all over the Bills. Maybe the well, same. That's, that's what you get when you get a number one offense versus a number one defense. One's gonna win, and it's gonna be either a really small number or if the offense wins, it's gonna be a really big number. So that's why it's gonna be really fun to watch this weekend, and I yeah. cannot wait. I hope that it is we see four game winning or game losing field goal attempts. I that's what I want this weekend. Just yes. I want it all down to, to <laughs> one second left on the clock. We oh, have like, oh, uh, what? Uh, I don't even know who the kickers are. Mason Crosby, uh, Bass, uh, Butker, and Ryan Lutz. Lots all come out and either hit or miss a game-winning field goals. That's the that's the dream. Brady doesn't have Venetary to bail him out, so we'll no. uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, maybe suck up the new Venetary. Anyways. Um, we're getting we're getting word from our producer that we have exceeded our studio time, so we're gonna wrap this up. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Brady, you want to hit us with a sign off? Yes, sir. May your punts be high and down inside the ten. All right, go boys and girls, go Bucks, go, go Packers.